0: Warning, there will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie that we're discussing today, I suggest you stop the podcast and go watch it. Then when you come back and listen, you'll get more out of the discussion. On this episode, we discuss John Carpenter's Escape from L.A. Sebastian and I'm here with Jennifer. Hello. It's just the two of us again. This week's episode, we are discussing Escape from LA, Mm -hmm. which is the 1996 sequel to John Carpenter's 1981 film, Escape from New York. Both films star Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken, the iconic character. It is a character that Kurt Russell based on the Clint Eastwood man with no name character. And he is our central protagonist, sort of a badass with an eye patch. Now, I was a big fan of the 1981 Escape from New York. I did not see it in the theater. I saw it on TV, but at the time, and I still am, uh, real was really into sci-fi post-apocalyptic stories and I loved Mad Max and stuff like that, Thundar the Barbarian Mm -hmm. and I really loved the character of Snake Plissken and I really loved Escape from New York. Now what is your history with Escape from New York and Escape from LA and the Snake Plissken character?
1: Um, I think you need to correct yourself that you really do love Snake Plissken presently.
0: Yes, I still love Snake (laughs) Plissken presently. Big time. Yes.
1: My history, I I did not see either film in the theater. Uh, Mm -hmm. Viewings were at home. I can't remember if it was television or VHS. Um, I liked Escape from New York. Uh, I also am a fan of Escape from LA. I'm not as much of a fan as you are of the franchise. I guess we can call it a franchise with two films.
0: Sure, yeah. They have action figures.
1: And we have action figures figures of Snake.
0: Yes, in fact, I'm looking at him right now. So am I. He's standing next to my John Wick action figure.
1: They've teamed up.
0: They've teamed up for an exciting adventure.
1: As they do. So yes, not as big of a fan as you are. Uh, I do think Snake Plissken is a badass. And I love Kurt Russell so much. He's a delight.
0: Everyone loves Kurt Russell. Who
1: doesn't love Kurt Russell?
0: So, well, despite the fact that I am such a big fan of Snake Plissken, I did not see Escape from L.A. when it came out in theaters in 1996. I was doing other things with my time, um, and I had friends who went and saw it, and they said it was bad, so I didn't bother to see it in the theater but I did end up seeing it eventually on home video or whatever, and I've seen it a bunch of times since then. When the film came out, it was not well received. It did very poorly in the box office. So the Escape From uh, franchise was basically killed by the performance of this movie, which was unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen more adventures with Snake Pliskin. There was supposedly going to be an Escape From the planet or whatever oh. that was going to be the next movie Something like that yeah that would have been fun so yeah that was pretty much the end of snake Pliskin. there's been a lot of rumors over the years of them rebooting it and they have just haven't gotten around to it and who knows if they ever will but uh yeah this effectively killed the franchise now both of these films were directed by john carpenter would you consider yourself a john carpenter fan
1: yes I always am up to give John Carpenter a chance with whatever he's he's doing. Yeah. Like even even later stuff where it hasn't been so well received. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm still always going to watch it.
0: He doesn't do much now except for play right. music and, and watch, and watch basketball. basketball.
1: Yes. But I mean, you know, <laughs> later, later it was, what was the last like early 2000s maybe was the, the what was the, the was one with Amber Heard? The Ward. The Ward. Was that, was that late 90s or early 2000s? It
0: was late 2000s. Late
1: 2000s. Okay. 10, I can't even remember. Time is so late weird. Late Yeah. But hey, I saw that. I saw mm-hmm. that in the theater.
0: Wasn't very good. But he's a legend. We're both big fans of his work. It's safe to say.
1: And his music
0: yeah his music is great and he usually does the scores for his films yes he did the score for this one he's a triple threat writer director and musician and he's yeah he's just one of the greats
1: we were talking about this the other day just how john carpenter is just so on top of what's like what's happening even with with watching escape from la yeah you know and and when he did and i was reading we were talking about uh when he did, wrote or came up with the idea for escape for new york was after uh watergate mm-hmm. and he's just you know he's just such a smart dude and yeah. just really can kind of read the tea leaves
0: there's usually a political message buried underneath the solid b movie presentation there's there's always a point there's always kind of a subtle or not so subtle message in there
1: yeah, he does it really well
0: yeah so, and this these two movies are no exception to that. Yeah. They're very uh, socially minded. Yes. There are definite social issues in there that he's sort of trying to tackle, while at the same time just making a sort of silly B movie premise.
1: That's why it works so well. Yeah, it's because you're just enjoying the ride, but you're getting the you the message is there. Yeah, you're getting it whether you want to or not. It's there. Yeah,
0: it doesn't come off as preachy. Not because at all. He's just such a b-movie guy you know
1: and i think he's so not a preachy guy no like just in general that's not who he is no
0: to do this episode we watched both escape from new york and escape from la to compare and contrast them maybe a little bit or compare just and because? contrast
1: and then just just because because it, it's been a while since i had seen escape from new york not been a while since i've seen escape from la because mm. audience you should know that film seems to be played more often in our home
0: yeah there's some shocking uh films that get played around here more often than their more famous original <laughs> films
1: as a matter of fact i don't know if you and i had sat down and watched escape from new york together yes we did are you sure
0: yeah when it wasn't that long ago it was like sometime last year I
1: okay think. well last year is a blur yeah but i just feel like i when i think about the escape movies I think about watching. We definitely have watched Escape from LA more many times together. Yes. Yes.
0: But that's mostly because I know you like it more. So I'll throw on that one more. Plus, it always seems to be streaming. And it's always a good Saturday afternoon choice to throw on. But why don't we get into it? Yes. Both movies center around this idea that a certain part of our country has been walled off for whatever reason, and only quote-unquote bad people go there. In the case of Escape from New York, it's the city of Manhattan, and everybody who's there is a criminal. In Escape from L.A., it's the city of L.A., and everybody who's there is just a undesirable. Yes. They've all been deported, basically. And one thing we should say about the two movies, which is very apparent when you watch them back to back the first movie has a sense of humor but it's taking itself pretty seriously yes. whereas Escape from LA there's definitely a element of satire going on where Big time. it feels almost as if it's a parody of escape from New York so it's much campier it's much broader and I think that was why people, rejected it so hard when it came out because I think what Carpenter was doing was rather than just trying to make a straightforward sequel to Escape from New York, he wanted to just do a satire, like a straight on satire. And he wanted to basically remake the movie as a satire, which is kind of what he did.
1: It is what he did. And I think that may be why it's more fun to rewatch that one. I also think with all satire, it's hard to stick the landing. And, you yeah. know, it's like not everybody's going to get it or like it. Right. Just because it's especially, as you just mentioned, diehard fans of Escape from New York. Like, that's what they they wanted to see that done in right. L.A., which I totally get that. I, I, I'm a, f- a fangirl of many things. And it's, you know, it's sometimes it's it's hard to allow the franchise to be something else right so i I get that and i think you're probably spot on as to why it like you said you had friends that went to see it and your friends were probably fans of escape from new york Mm -hmm. so yeah naturally they're going to come out from watching escape from la and be like that sucked
0: I think I would have been in the same boat had I seen it at that time. I would have felt the same way. And I'm sure when I first saw it, I would have agreed with them that it was bad. But over the years, because I've been able to get some distance from it, I've been able to sort of reevaluate it and see what it's doing cleverly.
1: Well, I think it's when you're watching something like that for the first time and you've been so jazzed to have a follow up to a movie you really like a lot. Yeah. Then, when he's doing something different, it's like you can just kind of see. If you were like in a in a theater and you're just kind of able to observe people in there, you can see like this this does not compute right. type thing going on. Like I don't know how to feel about this. Well, and there's
0: definitely yeah. moments in Escape from L. A. where Snake Pliskin does things where I could see really having a problem with it upon (laughs) first viewing but why don't we sort of get into the plot of the movie both movies take place in what is now an alternative (laughs) reality because the first movie took place in 1997 it was a film that came out in 1981 but it took place in the futuristic world of 1997 where Manhattan had been turned into a prison and our hero Snake Plissken who was some sort of army guy, special ops dude, but who has become disenfranchised with the system and now he's a criminal, is coerced basically into going into the city of Manhattan and rescuing the president from the city. And the city of Manhattan now is a post-apocalyptic wasteland Mm -hmm. that is ruled by gangs of crazies and the main antagonist in the city is the Duke of New York a number one played by Isaac Hayes? Isaac Hayes, um, and Donald Pleasance plays the, the, president. the <laughs> president, and he's amazing in yeah. it. It's a it's a very fun movie. It's very B movie gritty. It's not particularly uh, slick in any way. But Kurt Russell is really great and iconic in it. He really, you know, makes Snake Plissken a memorable character. And you know, there's other other actors in it like Harry Dean Stanton, Ernest
1: Borgnine. Ernest
0: Borgnine is the this cab driver, so good, who's so much fun. And there's uh, Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau. Um, it's a great movie. If you've never seen it and you like sci-fi, post-apocalyptic stuff, highly recommend it. It is probably not as Big and grand as movies now in terms of sci fi and special effects. The special effects in it are very low budget and a little dated and cheesy, but they're kind of endearing. And if you like model work and stuff like that, um, Escape from New York is really enjoyable to watch. Escape from LA, unfortunately, um, came around at the early days of CGI. And it is definitely uh, struggles with its budget in regards to the CGI, but we'll get into that. So we have this character, of Snake Plissken. He's an anti-hero. He doesn't give a damn about anybody. And he keeps getting roped into these situations where he has to go into these places and save somebody or retrieve something from a a post apocalyptic uh, war zone.
1: And the stakes are high in both because in addition to being propositioned to go and like in escape from New York, he has to save the president. Yes. And in escape from LA, he's trying to retrieve this black box, but it's more than that. And and they're offering him like immunity from anything he's ever done. Like yeah. that that's kind of what he gets offered in both. But more than that, In Escape from New York, he, and well, same thing happens in L.A., essentially, he gets, like, shot with a virus.
0: In Escape from New York, they put these little explosives into his neck that are going to blow up and kill him if he doesn't come out within, I don't know, how many hours? I can't
1: remember what the time is. It's like 9 or 10 or something something like that, that, 12.
0: In Escape from L.A., they scratch him with a virus, a neurotoxin that's going to basically kill him in 10 hours or whatever the time limit is. So
1: that's, you know, again, because as you said, snake gives zero fucks. Yeah. It's not about getting the immunity or any sort of, like, I'm doing a good thing for the country. It's about saving his skin.
0: Yes. There's no altruistic heroism to no. snake he's just doing it because he has to yeah um, and he's distrustful of these people for good reasons because always the people who are handling him are terrible in the first movie it's lee van cleef who's awesomely awful yes and in the second movie his handler is stacy stacy keach, Stacey keach. And what the situation is, is at this point in the future, which is, I don't know what year it is. It's 2013, I right. believe. Right, they jump to
1: 2013,
0: yeah. Yeah, so at this point in the future, America has been t- basically taken over by a president who's a religious fanatic. And the reason why he's taken over is because he predicted a really bad earthquake that actually happened, which cut off Los Angeles from California. So... Everyone got behind this terrible president. Mm-hmm. He's outlawed all these types of freedoms. You Everything. Can't, yeah, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't have sex. or Unless you're married. Yeah, unless you're yeah. married. He's a religious fanatic. Yes. And his daughter who is played by AJ Langer. If you ever saw the show My So-Called Life, she was the best friend, right? Brian Graff. Yes. Who's a fun presence, I feel.
1: I love her.
0: Yes, she's very endearing, but she plays the president's daughter and Utopia. Utopia is her name, <laughs> and she has sort of um what's the name of that? Patty Patty
1: uh, Patty Hurst. Patty Hurst. She's style. gone she's gone rogue. Yes. Like she took over um the plane that, well, like it kind of a similar thing happens in escape from New York except if it's not uh, the daughter, it's, it's one of somebody on, on the plane in escape from New York. Yeah. Hi, like hijacks the plane yeah. with the president on it. Cause he was on his way to Connecticut or something. And that's yes. why they end up in New York.
0: Yeah. The funny thing they do in escape from LA is she's been spending all this time in virtual <laughs> reality and she's fallen in love with Cuervo Jones. Yes. Who is this revolutionary, but who is also a sort of guruish type character uh, for her. And he is played by <laughs> Georges...
1: Carafas? Carafas. Caraf- yeah. it's, it's a French-Greek name, yes. and we're butchering it.
0: And we apologize to Georges. If you're listening, we're really sorry. This actor, uh, he's definitely playing a sort of um, Jaguara type yeah. You know he's good. He's he's charismatic, but yeah. he's an actor that neither of us have seen, seen in anything. Neither ever again. before
1: or again. <laughs> yeah, like so. yeah, just I mean, and he's fine in this role. Yeah. He's great. I mean, he's a handsome guy, and he's he's charismatic, and he's yeah. a total creep and power like crazed. And he, I mean, he gets the job done. But yeah, I don't know.
0: The escape from movies always have an antagonist who's in the in, you know the post apocalyptic environment, but really the antagonist is always society and whoever's in control of the government that's the real real, bad guy
1: the real big bad
0: so you would think that since utopia has stolen the plane and crashed it into la and fallen in love with this revolutionary you'd think that the president would want snake to go in there and get utopia and save his daughter nope but the president is such a dickhead (laughs) and he's played by um cliff robertson who yeah, he's just the worst he's yeah the most uncompromising, unflinching, uh, religious zealot. And he doesn't care about his daughter. In fact, he wants Snake Pliskin to assassinate yes. her. But she has this black box case that has this device in it that can basically control all the satellites. It, it can do a lot of things, and they explain a lot of different times what it does. But basically what it does is it can control all the satellites, and send the missiles to whoever they want or whatever. It's a big doomsday device.
1: I'll say this that black box is well more explained and more important than the cassette tape. Yes. That, that is in Escape from New York. Yeah. And, with the nuclear fusion right. on the cassette tape.
0: Yeah. Point to the Escape from LA. <laughs> they came up with a much better MacGuffin than Escape from New York. And Escape from New York, it's a cassette tape that has some sort of information on was it supposed about to be nuclear fusion? fusion
1: to this conference or something right. and it's like but why was it on a cassette tape and like, why, why would this be
0: the thing that determines the fate of the world
1: it just doesn't make sense i mean we, we were we were struggling over this yes. like last night we're like why would i mean a cassette tape is like something you need like if he was getting inspired by watergate like i get the the right. tape type element yeah but it's because you were getting recordings of shady shit going down. And right. it was important to get that, you know, information out. Like, this is like, what is this, a lecture about nuclear fusion?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't think the world would be hanging in the val- balance about a nuclear yeah. fusion lecture. Cassette, cassette tape. Yeah. But yeah, so Snake has basically got to go in and get this box that has this device in it that can control satellites. That's his mission. So he's been injected with this virus he gets a cool new leather outfit. Snake usually is wearing a, a leather jacket with a black shirt and the sort of gray camouflage pants. That, to me, is the Snake Pliskin look, and he's got an eye patch, of course. That's his signature look. But in this movie, they sort of give him a more updated costume he's got like a long leather coat and his he's got leather pants and a black shirt you liked his new costume
1: i (laughs) it sounds so accusatory
0: it kind of is you
1: liked. we're gonna have words about this i like snake's iconic outfit however i do feel you know they needed to maybe do something different and he does he is wearing his a kind of iconic outfit at the beginning of escape from la and then they give him these fancy new duds all i said was those are some bitchin' duds, and you said you like that better.
0: Stacy Keach's <laughs> right-hand woman, this sort of severe-looking actress who ended up being in *Battlestar Galactica*, I forget her name. Don't have it in front of me. She comments that snakes look is kind of retro. And so that's why they have to give him a new look. And I, I didn't really understand what she meant by that because people weren't looking like that in 1981. People so. weren't
1: looking like that ever. No. Like, I don't, anyway. The but world would
0: be a better place I, if they were.
1: They're sure if there were more snake plus skin fashion around but no i just felt like he had that this outfit was this slick it was like and it's all it is functioning like f- functioning fashion too like it was like some sort of like um like flame retardant yeah. or something like that with the coat and he just looks very like um much more post-apocalyptic like what you might have in your mind of like what that looks like as far as like maybe kind of post-apocalyptic western yeah feel
0: well, ironically, he looks sort of like the outfits in The Matrix. I
1: was thinking The Matrix, too. But, but this
0: came out three years before. before. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This predates The Matrix.
1: Yeah, it's totally like The Matrix outfits. Yeah,
0: he's got the kind of Keanu Reevesy look. The
1: long coat. And-
0: so they hook him up with this new outfit. They give him all of these kind of James Bondy gadgets, one of which is pretty important because it's a device that can... Project holograms, so you can make a hologram of yourself and project it somewhere. Scientifically speaking, it makes zero sense. These things could not exist in real life, but it's a a sci-fi movie, so we'll buy it.
1: Well, and they're big on holograms in this too. Yes, like we we got we already like before we even get his new outfit, he's already like dealt with like three holograms. Yeah,
0: his handlers have got him in this room, and they're giving him weapons and stuff. And he tries to kill them, but they're holograms.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great because he's like literally going down into this like shoot or something. he's like, and he's got the gun and he's and he's like, who's going to give me the antidote later? Because he's got this virus or whatever. He's like, is it going to be one of you guys? And they're like, no. And he's like, (laughs) like sprays them. Well, that time they were people. It was the time yeah. before that, that he tried to kill them and they were holograms. Yes. But then that time they were people, but they had given him a round of blanks yes. because they're on top of shit.
0: There's a lot of tricking in the, the, these <laughs> movies, whether Snake does it or whether his handlers do A lot do. of one-upping. That's right. So they hook up Snake with these weapons and stuff, and they put him in a submarine, and the submarine is sent off into the water to Los Angeles. In Escape from New York, he comes into New York on a glider mm-hmm. and he lands on the, the World, World Trade, Trade Center, Center uh-huh. RIP. But in this, he has to go under underwater in a submarine. Um, and it's a fun sequence in concept because he's going underwater and he's got to go, like he goes over Universal Studios and the Jaws shark. And, you know, we see certain los angeles well, like
1: the the uh the highway like um direction signs and stuff for the 101 right you know or, or saint it it is it is good in concept it looks um it, it kind of it looks kind of like, it looks like, terrible like, like, well it does but it kind of looks like it was almost trying to do like almost like comic book type yeah style at that point like because wasn't around this time was a scanner darkly kind of
0: it is was that later? later? Mm-hmm.
1: But that's kind of what it reminds me of, like, what it's trying to do, which Scanner Darkly does it way I better. think you're being
0: very kind. <laughs> I think w- what it is is CGI that was Just badly really, done yeah. because they didn't have the kind of budget that would have gotten them good CGI. Okay. I mean, first of all, it's 1996, so CGI is pretty new at this point. You know, we'd had the Terminator and we had J- Jurassic Park. And I just feel like John Carpenter was thinking big and he didn't have the budget he no. needed to make it look decent. And it really looks bad. And unfortunately, CGI ages worse than model work or whatever. Yeah. Like if they had just done it like they had done the original Escape from New York and done it with models, it would have aged better. Yeah. Those special effects in Escape from New York are just as cheesy. But because their model work, which we found out done by James Cameron (laughs) before he was a big time director, but because their models, they look so much better. And unfortunately, there's a bunch of scenes in this movie that are, in my opinion, marred very badly by very bad CGI. You're more forgiving of it than I am, but it's hard for me to look at it because it just looks so bad. It looks like something you'd see in a video game in the late, 90s
1: there are parts later in the film that definitely did not age well but i don't know I'm, I'm i'm not so hard on this entry into la you're not
0: as much of an effects snob as i am
1: this is true
0: so snake arrives in la he comes up from the water and one of the first people he meets is a surfer dude played by peter fonda so great and um Peter Fonda's surfer dude recognizes him, and he makes the joke, I thought you would have been taller, which is a running gag, Yep, needling Kurt Russell for his height, mm-hmm. because although he's not Tom Cruise small, no. he's not as tall as you'd think he'd be, because yes. Kurt Russell has such a kind of commanding, heroic presence, yes. he's got the, the jawline, and He's just a...
1: In the hair. The
0: hair. His hair is beautiful. Although in this movie, I can tell that he's wearing extensions well, in the back.
1: You would be able to spot it. I
0: am really good at spotting wigs. His his hair is his hair. They've just put extensions made it fuller. on. yeah. In the back, so he's got longer hair. It's fine. He looks good. Yeah. He's older at this point, but he still looks so really got it. good. Um, he still cuts a heroic figure, Snake Plissken. He's in good shape. Although we did notice his... Cobra tattoo that he has on his stomach when he's changing had faded
1: that's what happens
0: from the version that he had in the original
1: he was that was a long time ago
0: yeah anyways so he meets Peter Fonda here and this is a relationship that's going to come back later Uh, Peter Fonda directs him to Mulholland Drive so he's walking along Mulholland Drive.
1: Well, this is just one of the most fun things about this film. It's just seeing him navigate his way through post-apocalyptic L.A. Yeah. Through, you know, a landscape which was something that we all fear who have lived in L.A., that the big one is coming. Yeah. you know. And what does that look like? Yeah. And if it looks like this, holy shit.
0: Basically, he goes into Hollywood. Yeah. We get sort of a look at what Hollywood looks like in this post-apocalyptic setting. And we should say that there's aftershocks that happen all, all the throughout time. the movie. Yeah,
1: it's a thing. Sort
0: of conveniently placed because they get him out of some jam yeah. at some point. But he he just walks through Hollywood and we see all the crazy characters that are out. Honestly, it doesn't look that, that much, much crazier uh, yeah. than Hollywood can look sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, there are lots of S&M costuming yeah. and playing a lot with the sort of stereotypes of gangs, like L.A. gangs. There's like sort of Hispanic gangs and black gangs. Well, And, that and, there, kind
1: of and there was that whole scene when he goes into what looks like. Was maybe the Palladium or something? It's some sort of theater off of off of Hollywood, yeah. Where it's like um like a sex club or something, but it's like you know, it's it's, he's making some sort of statement about safe sex and stuff too because there it was yeah I can't remember what it was but there's a signage up about it because that was obviously a time where that was a huge concern.
0: Right. Well, it says like safe sex, no condom
1: or something like that. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, I think they're playing on the idea that in the normal society right you,
1: everything's
0: so strict yes you get to do what you want here and in, yes in post-apocalyptic la
1: the whole reason he is guided to this place is because he's supposed to find his site contact or something that right. somebody who's there undercover yes. or something like that so they're able to track this person so that's how he's like being led to this area he's got some sort of tracking device right. and the, and stacy keach is tracking the person too yeah, and so he comes in and he finds the guy who's like pinned on a wall, like he looks like a like it's like a bullseye or something, and there yeah. people are throwing knives at him for fun. Yeah, and one of the people who are throwing knives at him for fun is none other than Robert Carradine.
0: Right, yeah, which Revenge of the Nerds. Yes,
1: which boy does he have his revenge? Because I've never seen him be like so gnarly like i mean it's it's you know it's it's a a caricature it's cartoonish you know as far as his but he's got like a shaved head and like a neck tattoo and he's like you know wearing like a a, you know tank top and just you know he's he's this burly gnarly dude yeah so not a nerd no and i I think that's kind of it's great so snakes you know reports back to Stacey keach and is like yeah, he's like, did you find your your the contact or whatever? He's like, yeah, and they're using him as target practice. Yeah. You know that that that's a bust.
0: So then he goes down Hollywood Boulevard and he runs into Steve Buscemi, who is, what's the name of his character? Eddie.
1: Eddie, I think it's Eddie.
0: But is like he he's like, uh, map to the stars, Eddie. Yeah. They're playing on this idea of people who sell star maps. But he's basically just a hustler, fast-talking type. I can get you this and I can get you that. And Eddie has a recording device, which is exactly like the one that Snake is going to find in the black box. And on this recording device, Eddie has his sort of promo recording where it's like, it's his star tape where you go around and yeah. follow it to a, to the star maps. And kind it's,
1: of like a walking tour. A walking thing. tour, yeah. yeah. And like, I love L.A. Yeah, he's playing on him. it, and he's yeah. like,
0: this is your map to the stars, and, you know, Hollywood isn't functioning now, but it's still a place of glamour, yeah. and stuff like that. It's funny, and, and Steve Buscemi is his amusingly skeevy, sketchy kind of guy. I mean, he's going pretty broad. It's Pretty, you know, cartoony even for Steve Buscemi, but I mean, he's Steve Buscemi, and
1: oh, he's great. And he's telling um, Snake, you know, you need to, you need to have my. You're not going to be able to find your way around without one of my maps. He's like really trying to get him to take this device, and he's like, I'll sell it to you for fifty grand, yeah. you know. And and so Snake just blows him off.
0: So Snake gets a tip from a random character to go to Sunset Boulevard. And when he gets there, there's this big parade going through and Cuervo and Utopia are riding on this, like, what is it? Like a Chevy or something?
1: It's like a, it's a red Cadillac with red all these Cadillac, yeah. doll heads. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's got doll heads like all over the the, the thing.
0: And basically Cuervo's is telling everyone that they're going to, take over yeah. the world or whatever and they're going to meet at the Magic Kingdom or, or they call it or the Happy, Happy King- Kingdom. Kingdom or whatever yeah. we see Cuervo and we see uh, Utopia and poor AJ Langer is wearing this really skimpy outfit and you can tell she's really
1: uncomfortable, uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah Like in cold, probably.
1: Well, but I think it's also supposed to. I mean, yes, I think she probably is uncomfortable, but I think it's also supposed to be the character. Because the character, when we saw her hijack the plane, she's coming from the Bible-thumping president family or whatever. Like she was in like this pink, like power suit or something, like Pepto-Bismol pink. Like it's just, it just kind of feels like she's uncomfortable because now she's like completely sexed up
0: and so snake goes after cuervo he grabs some dude's motorcycle and goes after cuervo and we get a motorcycle chase where he's chasing after them
1: how he gets on the bike is he just goes and like it's two people on a on a motorcycle Uh and he goes and just throws the the guy off the back like literally just throws him and then like he just like punches the other one or something that's driving like it's just it it yeah it's just great.
0: We're treated to this sort of motorcycle chase. It's not particularly well done, but it's fine. There is one really sort of egregiously terrible shot where he jumps onto up to the back of the Cadillac or whatever, and it's just this terrible special effect that looks awful, with some sort of CGI effect. Snake is unsuccessful in capturing Cuervo or Utopia, and they get away, and so Snake is sort of left on his own at this yep. point and then he meets this character played by valeria galino mm-hmm. she's just sort of a random woman who's trying to survive out in the
1: through beverly hills through
0: beverly hills she's wearing a really obvious <laughs> wig, wig. Yeah. which i don't know why don't they know felt the need to give her such an obvious wig but it's it's kind of a distracting wig she's just sort of kind of a love interest but, but for it's very, very brief.
1: brief. Well, because her time is very brief. Yes. This is one of my favorite parts of the film.
0: You worked for many years in Beverly Hills. In
1: different jobs. Yes, in different I did. jobs. Yes.
0: Did you feel that this was a I, accurate representation of Beverly Hills if would there to I, be an apocalypse?
1: I could 100% see things going this way if if there was an apocalypse. And yes it's not and i i I love that it's like not a place that people can get through yeah like it's just this total like dangerous place yeah it's like the the worst place it's the worst place which is was great because it's you know that's so not what it is now but it kind of is it is no i know it is but (laughs) it is
0: the worst place yes but.
1: but it's you know it's um seen as being safe yes it's um, not
0: physically the
1: worst right whereas now and i and, you know the, i know carpenters just having a field day with that oh, because yeah. you know it's just now it's dangerous like and so we have snake like kind of hiding in the bushes and that's when he meets the, the, the lady yeah and she's like just stay down like they're just doing their like their first sweep of the night or something and then we see like these spooky hooded kind of trench coat mm-hmm. like it looks like Something out of Star Wars almost or something. They look
0: like the hooded creatures in Omega Man.
1: Yes. That's exactly what they look like. Super creepy. And Snake doesn't want to listen to her because Snake does what he wants. Yeah and well, he's on a mission he's He he's done he is he doesn't have time to, yeah. to screw around because yeah he's got this clock on his hands it's reminding him of his demise and so then of course you know he like stands up and they're they're taken over
0: they, they shoot them with a net gun
1: that's right yeah so they but they're immediately captured yeah. and
0: they're brought to this lair in <laughs> beverly hills run by the surgeon general of beverly hills but before we meet him they're tied to these like operating tables yeah. that are like lifted, lifted up, up so that they're they're standing upright but while they're waiting for the surgeon general of Beverly Hills to arrive they're being attended to by these plastic, plastic surgery, surgery victims disasters yeah and The makeup is really well done. Oh, it's so great. I mean, it's cartoonish, but...
1: But it's supposed to be. I mean, it is.
0: I mean, I I don't want to sound rude, but I've seen people with faces very close to some of these people, these servants of the the Surgeon General, but they're, like, carrying around trays of, like, eyes eyes and skin grafts and stuff like that, and they've all got these sort of, like, mutated faces and valerie galino is explaining you know
1: what goes down there at that like that these people were horrible victims of plastic surgery and the only way that they can continue to live is to like get fresh yeah. parts that they Body just keep parts. putting over and yeah. over <laughs> like it's just it's it's such fun like as far as just like letting your imagination go with like what could happen with yeah. like the this you know what with like where could the worst of plastic surgery go yeah I, I really appreciate it and i also have to mention that this whole lair is in like the ruins of the beverly hills hotel oh okay. <laughs> just, yeah which is this this is fun throughout the film is to see like you know, landmarks of LA and, right. and things that we would see driving around all the yeah. time or whatever. And
0: just to clarify, these are all sets. They're not yeah. the act, they didn't shoot in any of these places. No. In fact, I don't think any of this was shot in LA at all.
1: No, they did do, they did some shooting in Long Beach. Mm. They, um, but they also shot in Texas. They did some, they did do some stuff at the LA Memorial Sports Arena on mm-hmm. Figueroa. They shot in Miami. They did shoot some at uh, the Universal Park. Yeah, the Los Angeles Theater, downtown L.A. So they did. But yeah, so it was like L.A., Florida, for whatever reason, Texas, and then some other parts of California, I guess. Yeah. So we're there with the, the nurses, and then we get to meet the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills. Is that what he is? Yeah.
0: Surgeon General of Beverly Hills, yes. And he is played by B-movie superstar Bruce Campbell. Yes. And he is wearing awesome prosthetic yes. makeup that looks makes him look completely insane. Bruce Campbell is famous for being in the Evil Dead series, the Sam Raimi Evil Dead series, which I'm sure everybody listening to this knows and don't doesn't need me to tell them. But um, he <laughs> he's pretty great in his brief scene, and he's yeah his face is all puffy and weird. And the part I like the best is his hair which looks like doll hair. Mm -hmm. You can see those sort of like doll hair sutures in his hairline. And it's great. And he's just so over the top. He fixates on Snake's one good Mm -hmm. eye, which is baby blue eye of Kurt Russell's. And so he's going to carve it out of Snake's head. But Snake has procured some sort of blow dart gun i'm not exactly i think it
1: came with his his setup right because he it looks like it was kind of like a pill capsule or something yeah so he he had that all along it's just i mean i think it was all of his gadgets
0: i just didn't track that gadget but he's got some sort of little mini blow gun thing that he pulls out of somewhere and he shoots it into the surgeon general's (laughs) forehead yes basically incapacitating him and then when he shoots it into his head the surgeon general like his hand goes flailing with his scalpel and he cuts snake loose conveniently
1: yes. well and what's what's so great about this too again this this scene is just so much fun is like no one fights back because it's all like, I mean, these are just you know, yeah. no, none of these people are tough. I mean, these are you know, people that were getting plastic surgery and lived in Beverly Hills, you know. So it's like he grabs the Surgeon General, and I think he, you know he has a gun or whatever against his head, but like everyone's just doing what he says. Yeah, you know, he's like, you know, because the um, I, I cannot remember the character's name, the the girl. They
0: don't say it very often. They she say say it says it, at it like least
1: once. Once, Taslima.
0: See, I would not have known. If you'd held a gun to my head and told Kathlema. me. I would have never, never guessed well, that name.
1: Valeria, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, but she's like, you know, hey, because again, Snake, just being Snake, and Snake's on a mission, and it's not that he's a bad guy, but he's just like, you know, well gotta go she's like can you free me yeah like, you know, i just i kind of love that about his character it's like hey um i'm still here yeah. so then he tells you know one of the nurses or whatever like cut her loose and they just do because that everyone's just co- being complicit yeah and yeah so they escape from the beverly hills hotel and then they're being chased by the the hooded folks
0: so they escape beverly hills by going in these underground tunnels which are very well lit for underground tunnels, but um, the Taslina character or whatever knows of these tunnels, and so she's leading him to... I forget where they're going.
1: I don't know where exactly where she's taking him to, but she's like giving him the whole lowdown about like what it's like to be in L.A. and how it's actually not so bad. And it's better than like that they're actually free in L.A. and everyone else is in prison.
0: They've come back above ground at this point. She's trying to get Snake to take her along with him.
1: Or she also has offered him to come shack up with her that's she's right. got a she's got a place where it'd be safe because the uv index is going to be terrible so that right. they could like take shelter
0: so she's hitting on him and there's sort of this moment where we think oh maybe they'll they'll shack up but snake's like no i gotta take care of business here that's when she that's sort what of she
1: says like it's not so bad here like it's yeah. actually we're free here you just need to know your way around and
0: yeah and in, uh, right as she's sort of ending this speech she gets shot Shot, and killed yes so and she's dead
1: and they're shot by and it's there's other people that are there too and um it kind of looks like they're in like a junkyard or something kind of like that i I don't know exactly where they're supposed to be i mean there's just like a lot of cars and stuff around like abandoned cars but they're shot by like these kids right Like it's just like literally a drive-by like there's no like it's not cuervo's people or anything it's just like These, like, young kids that, like, get back in a car and and take off. Like, it's not related to anything. Mm -hmm. It's just the wild, wild west of apocalyptic L.A.
0: That's right. So she dies, but Snake lucks out because Map of the Stars Eddie comes along and offers him a ride. And he tells Snake that he's going to bring him to Cuervo or whatever.
1: Well, he also, he's in like this slick car and yeah. it's not, it's not the same car that Cuervo was in because that has all the baby's heads. Yeah. This is like another red Cadillac that's yeah. really slick. And so Snake gets in and yeah, he's like, you know, good thing I found you. I didn't think you would make it out of Beverly. No one makes it out of Beverly Hills alive. Yeah. And then he says, you know, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'll take you to Cuervo and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm his agent. I could be your agent. You know, he's just doing all this slick talk. And then he shoots Snake.
0: Yeah, with these sort of drugged darts from I think the... think they
1: fun darts? Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're they're hidden in the dashboard yeah. of the car. Yeah. And, and they, shoots them
1: like right kind of in the boobs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Snake is knocked unconscious and taken prisoner. And so Snake wakes up in custody of Cuervo Jones. <laughs>
1: well, this is this this is great because he, he wakes up there and he's like handcuffed and stuff and you can see Utopia is there and and Cuervo and Eddie and his crew and and that he's gearing up to do um some sort of live broadcast yeah. about what his plan is yeah. and what he's going to do because he has the black box and everything. It's
0: basically an F U to the president right. of the United States on broadcast, broadcast TV or TV. Yeah. whatever
1: but what is even better is there's random treadmill in here yeah and so they he like chains S- snake to the treadmill and turns it on yeah. so when you get this shot of you know Cuervo giving this manifesto yeah like off in the like right hand side you yeah. see- Snake lumbering along on the treadmill.
0: But, you know, hijinks ensue. Snake breaks free of, at this point. Does he have the box with him at this point? I don't think he does. No. Right? So Snake breaks free and he escapes into the sewer. But Utopia, who has at this point realized that Cuervo is not a nice guy.
1: He does have the box. You're right. He does have the box. Yeah, he because he, he grabs the box, jumps down into the sewer. Right. And then she's trying to go with him. And then Steve Buscemi shows up. Right.
0: She's trying to go with him. And so he pulls the gun on her and he's going to kill her because that's what the president told him to do. But he can't do it because he's really not a horrible person. And she's begging him to take her with him. But Steve Buscemi has crept into the sewers with his own gun. He takes a shot at them. He hits Snake in the leg leg and Snake drops the the case the black box case Mm -hmm. and snake jumps down a like river hole type of thing and gets away but steve buscemi gets the case and brings that in utopia back to cuervo Cuervo. Mm -hmm. so then what happens is snake is washed up in this sort of trench sort of valley or whatever and waiting there is Peter, is Fonda. Peter Fonda as the surfer dude he's waiting to catch a wave because there's been these aftershocks so now there's a tsunami mm-hmm. coming he just happens to have a spare uh, surfboard he in has his, several
1: surfboards
0: <laughs> in his dune buggy and Snake has got to catch up to Cuervo who's driving away in his car with Utopia and Steve Buscemi And the quickest way to do that would be to catch this tsunami. That's right. So Snake gets on a a surfboard and the tsunami wave comes through this trench, which is running along the five or something, something like
1: that. Yeah, it's running along a freeway.
0: Yeah, it's running along the freeway. And so we get this scene where Snake and Peter Fonda are surfing, trying to catch up to this car, which is driving next to the the trench or whatever and it's pretty hilarious this is the moment where i think if i had seen this in the theater in 1996 that i would have been like no friggin way this
1: is exactly what i was just going to say this is the moment in the film where you go t- one of two ways you yeah. either lean in to the just the ludicrousness right. of this film and just like go this is what we're doing because like it's been pretty crazy up to this point but this is like that point in a film where you're like you're either with it or it loses you and you being a super fan if you would have seen it in the theater at this time like this could have this would have been like i'm done yeah yeah and i totally get that but like me not being that seeing it like i was like yes i was like leaning right into it
0: It's made a little bit harder to stomach by the fact that the special effects in it are pretty terrible. You can clearly tell that they've shot some guys actually surfing on some wave, and they've just sort of... uh,
1: Superimposed?
0: Yeah, they've just sort of superimposed it. yeah. Yeah. But you can tell it's not Peter Fonda or... Kurt Russell and then they cut to the close-ups of them where they're clearly not really surfing they're just standing in front of a green screen or something and then having water thrown at them or something like that I mean it's just really silly and it's it's strange I mean they're playing sort of like pseudo surf Surf music. music but you know now that I've lived with this film for a long time I accept this scene and find it funny and amusing but it's definitely the point that
1: it's the deal breaker.
0: It's the deal breaker.
1: And I am hundred percent here for it. I yeah. just am. I, I like I don't give I do not I don't I don't care. I don't care that the it looks like shit. Yeah. I don't care. I, I think like I think Carpenter doesn't care. No. Like I think it's just like this is what we're doing. Yeah. And this is so how we were able to do it. Oh well.
0: Agreed. I mean, you know, like, like I'm saying, I've yeah. I've, come I've come to accept to it. to it. I know. I mean, I don't know if I'd say I've come <laughs> around to it. I've accepted it. I, it doesn't make me die inside <laughs> like I think it probably did when I first saw it. Yeah. And when I and I, had I seen it in the theater, I would have turned on the movie 100 percent at this point. I won't deny it.
1: He leaves the the beach, and then he like he catches up with with um. Steve Buscemi, again, yeah. because, and Steve Buscemi's like, oh, shit, because he shot him. And he had told Cuervo that he killed him. But he, and Cuervo had said, like, you need to go find him. Right. Bring me back his head. Yeah. And so he's driving along this freeway or wherever they are. And Kurt Russell Snake comes surfing up next to him. Right. And gets in the car. And, you know, there's a whole thing. And they end up going to this basketball game or something like that, this weird
0: so in the first movie, there's a scene where he has to fight a guy yeah. in like an arena, and yeah. so this is like a replay of that in a sense. Only instead of fighting a guy in arena, he's got to do this basketball challenge where he's got to score ten points, but he's only got ten seconds for each, for each point. point. Yeah, two points a basket, no three pointers. Yeah. So Snake is basically running back and forth on this basketball court that's in a, in an open air stadium in front of like, I don't know, all of L.A. or whatever.
1: Well, and it should be noted that when he pulls up, like we see somebody like throwing a basketball and then just get shot like execution style. Like, yeah. you know, it's just everybody everybody's cheering. Everyone has guns and they're cheering. And this like we see the, like this guy get dragged away and people come out and like kind of sop up the blood. Yeah. And then, you know, snakes throw it into this. Um, Something to note of this, Kurt Russell made every single one of those shots.
0: I believe it because you can see it in the shots. And there's no trickery. You know, every time he does a basket, he's getting more and more tired because...
1: It's fucking hard. It's
0: hard. And he's dying of this uh, virus or whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. So... His shots get crazier and crazier further and further away. And the final shot he does basically from... Half court,
1: or is a full court even? Full he's like court, like a no, other, it's a full yeah, he's court. full court shot.
0: He does a half court shot and then he does a full, a full court, court shot. shot. Yeah, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. He makes it, and I'm sure they did it a, a zillion times or whatever. But it's a real—you can tell it's a real take, and that Kurt Russell really did it.
1: Yeah, He—I mean, I was just reading this. It was on Reddit or something, but it was saying that like he practiced because he wanted. He wanted to be legit about it he wanted it to him to actually be making all of these shots and he just practiced like crazy
0: so he basically beats this challenge and he thinks he's going to escape escape but cuervo isn't going to let him escape he's going to shoot him
1: and utopia is really upset because she's like you can't kill him you know like he 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 did it and he was like and everyone's like chanting his name they're all snake 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 like everyone's just it's getting out of Cuervo's hands. Yes. So that's why he has to try to kill him. So Snake realizes they're not letting him out because this is a like a, this court is like in a, a locked chain leak yeah. fence. So he starts to scale the fence and Cuervo starts shooting at him.
0: Right. And then there's an earthquake. I another,
1: another convenient earthquake. Another
0: convenient yeah. earthquake that gets Snake out of the mess. But he manages to uh grab eddie along with him
1: well because he wants he's trying to find um how, i don't remember how it comes up but he hears about hershey yes i don't remember who tells him about hershey eddie
0: does or somebody does
1: somehow he knew that, that he i can't remember how he uh, but whatever it doesn't matter he he needed to go find this person named hershey and then eddie was like oh yeah i know i know hershey and you know that's who got me set up when i first came to la and yeah. like you know they know everything and blah 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 so Eddie is supposed to take him to meet Hershey.
0: Yes. So they go to meet Hershey at Hershey's lair, and Hershey is played by the great black exploitation actress Pam Greer. She is a trans character in the film. They've done something to her voice so that it's modulated to sound mm-hmm. lower. I think it probably is a little problematic by today's standards.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's because... They were originally known as Carjack.
0: Yeah, she's Carjack Malone or something like
1: that. That that, uh, Snake had worked with them before. And so Snake just won't like call her Hershey now, which is... Well, he's
0: using her dead name. That's the term Oh now. He's dead naming her, which I think uh, trans people would have a problem with in the context of the movie. Because he recognizes her as before she was... Uh, transitioned, transitioned yeah. and she was known as carjack malone yeah and they had she skipped out on right. him they have, they have some yeah you know previous History. time yeah and so he just keeps calling her carjack right. which and she's like call me hershey damn yeah. it yeah but he won't so that's the element that of it too. that's problematic yeah. by today's standards that he just keeps dead naming her yeah but she agrees to help him because Cuervo's a maniac and wants to take over the world or whatever. Right.
1: And I think he was also promising her. Um, that he'll he, get her out. He'll get her out. But also he promised her money. Right. Which she, he was like, I'll get you a million. And she was like, greenbacks? I've got them here. He's like, no, they're bluebacks. Right. And he said that the president told him whoever helped him, he would give them this money, which is bullshit. But he's just trying to get her on board.
0: But they have a problem because Cuervo's already heading to the Happy Kingdom and he's going down the five and he's got a big head start and Snake only has like an hour left to live. So the only way they can get there in time is to fly there via these hang gliders that Hershey conveniently has stashed up in the Hollywood Hills by the Hollywood sign. It's a ridiculous conceit because there's no way you could ever hang glide from the Hollywood sign to Disneyland.
1: Ma- but but- <laughs> you know what? Maybe you could in post-apocalyptic L.A. and uh-huh. the Santa Ana winds are right. gnarly. Yeah. And that's what they're banking on is that yes. the Santa Ana's are coming. And, and you know what? Maybe they're even worse than they are now. Like in present day. And so, sure.
0: yeah. I, I, I'm i willing to go I'm with going, this one. I'm
1: going with all of it.
0: Yeah, sure. No, I, I, it's absurd, but I'm okay with it. And it's fun because yeah. they're hang, hang gliding, gliding all the way to the sand. Yes. All the way to Anaheim. To Anaheim. Yes. From the Hollywood sign. Um, so our big climax takes place at the Happy Kingdom, which is clearly supposed to, Disneyland. to be Disneyland. Yep. And as they're sort of hang gliding into it, Snake notices like the castle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And is like, Is that what I think it is? And Eddie's like, Yeah, it went through so many different hands because of that Paris thing really ruined yeah. it. And that joke is very dated but appropriate because in that that time that's when Euro Disney
1: opened. Oh, okay. Yeah, I And a Euro yeah.
0: Disney was a huge bust. Yeah. So the joke is that, you know, ha ha Disney did so poorly with Euro Disney that now it's just called the happy kingdom and it's some rando yeah. like amusement park. Ironic now because Disney owns everything in the world. Yes. So that didn't happen. Disney had the sadly. last laugh there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, it's just basically this big battle between snake and now his army, Hershey's army and Cuervo's army you know, there's lots of flying around and dropping bombs on the Cuervos people and them shooting. There's a big helicopter that they're trying to get to. Yeah.
1: And that was was that set up at the beginning? It is.
0: But it's just one of those things that just passes over you really quickly. Because
1: that is how he ends up. You're right. That's ends up how he he clinches the deal with Hershey. Yeah. Because he's like i'll get you out yeah there's a there's gonna be a
0: helicopter there to pick him up and bring him back that's how he's gonna get back yeah and it's you know this high-tech helicopter that's got rotor blades that pop out of the top or whatever
1: bulletproof and all of that which going back to not that i'm gonna pick this film apart at all because one i enjoy it and two like i just can't however it's kind of at the beginning when he comes in, in his submarine, it's like he's really worried when it falls. Remember, like, the, that part of, like, he like kind of yeah. lands on, like, part of the freeway or something and it breaks off. And mm-hmm. There's, like, rebar everywhere. Yeah. And Stacey Keach is even like, what happened to the submarine? And he's like, it's gone. That
0: might be when they establish, oh, we'll there's going get be, you okay. out with a helicopter. Because I'm like, well, who
1: cares? If you're going to get picked up in a helicopter later, you don't need that. It's
0: just a plot device because they want an exciting way to get him out of L.A. They did the same thing with Escape from yeah. New York, only he's got to climb up a wall. Right. You know, it's just it would be boring if he just went back to the submarine and Look, went back. You I know? don't
1: care. Yeah. I am I'm I don't care at it's, all. I just was just, just thinking point. about it. Yeah. Anyway, so no biggie.
0: Yeah, there's this this sort of high-tech helicopter that they have to get to. They fight their way to it. And they um, Eddie and Snake and Utopia mm-hmm. is escaping with them now. They get in the helicopter. And, um, you know, it's just at one point somebody ties something to the helicopter so they can't a car. take off. They a tie car, a car to it. But Hershey blasts the rope off. And, and they then, do have
1: the black box. That's so important to know. They yes, did get that. They yeah. get the
0: black box at this point, so they've got everything they need to escape. But Eddie shoots Cuervo, but Cuervo's, Cuervo's still alive, alive, and he's got like a missile launcher, and he he missile launches into the helicopter, and I, he must kill Hershey. Oh and, yeah, they
1: all like are on fire right, in the back. But, like the whole back row of people is, is just just
0: in flames.
1: Yeah, and I think Steve Buscemi falls off he falls off yeah
0: he doesn't get out
1: that's right he's still alive he just falls off yeah but yeah the hershey and the crew that they're with in the back are completely just engulfed in flames
0: and they you don't even get a shot of them or anything just flames they're just gone (laughs) which is sort of unceremonious they're not even mentioned nope it's just oh they're just flames now i guess oh well but Snake and Utopia get back to the crash land, the helicopter back on California's soil. They're just off in this like field somewhere. Mm-hmm. The uh, president and Stacy Keach and the other handlers all show up, all the military and everything. But before they show up, Snake stashes the little trans... trans- no, he stashes the transmitter thing oh, in yeah. Utopia's yes. clothing. So we yes. think at this point he has that one and he also has
1: Steve Buscemi's.
0: S- Steve Buscemi's same sort of recording device. So there's two of them. So, you know, there's going to be some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, switcheroo, but you know, it's set up that he put it in utopias clothing yep. without her knowing. She didn't know. But once the mil- military shows up and everything, they're all sort of confronting snake. Who's just standing there on her o- on his own, but Stacy Keach or the president, figures out that utopia must have it and they pull the thing out of her clothes so they believe they have the right device and the president is like going to execute his own yep. daughter with a i guess a portable well, electric, electric chair. chair they have
1: <laughs> got to always have one of those around
0: right so he's going to do it all on live television yep. and like cuban forces or something are moving in to attack yes. the country Within because minutes. minutes yeah so you know president's like i'm going to blow everyone up or whatever yeah. on live tv and he takes out the device and presses play on it or whatever and of course it's steve buscemi's
1: map to the stars yes. and i love la yeah. we love it and all it's that gag and, and he has the he's wrong thing. super pissed and yeah. he's wants to kill snake and again Stacey keach is like i'm we're live sir or whatever yeah. and he's like I don't care and so they turn like full brigade of guns on Snake and they fire away but
0: Snake's not really there it's a hologram he's fooled them with their own device they gave him it's to project sn- him as a hologram a
1: snakeogram
0: that's right he's a snakeogram so he's somewhere else he's not there and he's got the actual satellite device and He's not going to use it to shoot the Cubans. Nope. He's not going to use it to shoot the U.S. Nope. He's going to enter in the special code that they explained.
1: Yeah, Le- they Leland did.
0: Orser explained That's right.
1: Oh, I forgot, what you forgot mentioned. to mention Leland, Leland Orser. Orser.
0: One of my favorite character so actors great. of the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Married to Gene Triplehorn. That's right. Anyway, he's a very minor character. He didn't play into it much. But he explained at one point he did. that there's a code 666. Six six. That basically is an EMP that shuts down Everything. every electronic device in the world forever. Yep. Which is in, totally implausible. There's no way there would be a device that we could do that. They'd find a way to get the grid back up. It wouldn't be forever. But anyway.
1: Don't try to find logic and escape from L.A. It's
0: it's highly implausible that that such a device would shut down everything forever. Humanity would band together just to get their internet back, if nothing else. This is
1: true.
0: That would would be the thing that would get everybody to get get on the same side, take away the internet. Then we'd see fucking unity. It could
1: really unite us. (laughs) Yes,
0: but anyway, Snake types in six six six, and he basically shuts down all the world. And the last thing we see is he finds a pack of cigarettes.
1: Well, we also see A.J. Langer, uh, Utopia, stoked. because yeah, she's not going to be electrocuted. She's not going to be electrocuted. there's no electricity. Yeah, so she's really happy about that. And then, yeah, we see, as you said, Snake finds, a, a I think, American Spirits.
0: Yeah. Well, they're but, not really American
1: but, Spirits. No, they don't. But, that's,
0: that's what they say on yeah, the package. Yeah,
1: it doesn't look like them.
0: Yeah, he's been wanting a cigarette the, the whole, whole movie time, and nobody will Keeps give asking it to for him. a cigarette. Yeah, so now he's got a cigarette and he smokes his cigarette and blows out the match and says, welcome to the human race, which, OK, I don't, I don't know why why the that's the, the last line. <laughs> but a fun, fun shot. Now, he looks right in the camera. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know, this iconic shot of him looking at the camera. So that's uh, Escape from L.A. Sure is. How do you feel about it now after seeing it again for the 17th millionth time?
1: <laughs> I still love it i think it's so fun i get why it didn't do well i get why it wasn't well received by fans of escape from new york i totally understand i i I get it but i'm just i just i just think it's a good time it's just fun and you know effects and everything else be damned like you know they it's 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 fun film and it's it's goofy and you just have to suspend all rational
0: <laughs> all rational thought
1: yeah and that's okay
0: i am there with you for the most part I, I definitely do not begrudge anyone who is a big fan of the original as i am if you hate this movie because it shits on the original in your mind that's totally valid it's totally okay i got your back but like you i i love the character of snake Pliskin so much that i'm happy just to have more of him however i can get him even if it's a parody i feel that kirk russell does great and he doesn't disrespect the character no. it's not like he's making fun of the character at he's all. playing it as straight as he Absolutely. always does we should note that he had a hand in writing this he because did. He's famously quoted as saying that Snake Plissken is his favorite character of all the characters he's portrayed. He
1: also got a producer credit too, mm-hmm.
0: so he had a real hand in this movie, um, and I think it shows. I think he clearly cares about it.
1: Yeah, and he. Uh, this was also produced by Deborah Hill, and she was one of the writers as well. So mm-hmm. it was like there was there was love for this film. Like they've. They wanted to do this. Like, this happened because they wanted to revisit this character again. And yeah. they just did it how they wanted to do it. Well,
0: like I said, I think that the the only angle that, that Carpenter really felt he had was to do the same thing again. Because all the beats are pretty much the yeah. same. But they're done way more over the top yeah. and campy. Yeah. It leans into the campiness. And I think the problem was that most people who are fans... Of the original, didn't really see it as campy.
1: Well, I mean, I would say the same thing for um, the Evil Dead trilogy. Right? Like people, I I love Evil Dead and Evil Dead too, but I freaking love Army of Darkness. Yeah, and I know that there's people who are diehard fans who don't really feel that way about it
0: well but evil dead has the advantage of the first movie well, yeah, is serious the second, second movie is not right so it already established it are... a tone of, and,
1: and for of whatever that. reason it was able to keep its fandom yeah. with those but I, but you know what i'm talking about there's people who really do not like army of darkness
0: no i get it yeah no there, if there's a certain point where i think you know if you're a fan of something you're taking it seriously and you can't laugh at it too much you know there's a give and take there you can enjoy satire of it but you don't want to see it go full joke right so I get it I also think that the problem with the movie not doing well is that the original movie was a cult hit right but it wasn't like a big giant blockbuster and I think they maybe thought they had a bigger fan base for a sequel than they really did I think that most people just didn't care about this movie or they didn't want to see it. So
1: Well, and because it lo- kind of lost whatever fan base it did have from being this cult status of a film. Right.
0: And it was many years 16 Anyone. years later. No, yeah, it was 15 by that years point, later. Yeah. By that point nobody gave a shit.
1: Yeah. that is the a problem. long long time. They would have had him.
0: to have really had knocked it out of the park with a sequel that everybody loved that would have worked but because they chose to do sort of a satire i think a lot of people were turned off by that so it didn't have good word of mouth it wasn't like it was that expensive of a movie but it did really poorly even for the budget that it had so and you know the reviews were terrible and all that so no nobody got it at the time but i do feel like it has bumped up its estimation a little bit you're not alone There are a lot of people who have come around to this movie who didn't like it to begin with. I mean, myself included. But I feel now it has a better reputation than it did then. Like it's kind of becoming a cult classic in its own way where people are like, hey, you know, Escape from L.A. is actually pretty fun if you want to if you're willing to give it a chance.
1: And that's exactly what it is. It's fun because of course escape from new york is the superior film i know that you you know that everyone knows that i mean it's it's the better film Mm -hmm. but escape from la is just more fun you know it's like it's just like you said it's like we've watched that one more together you know like later just because it's just fun to have on and just it's just a wild ride
0: and it's a good movie to have on if you're not devoting your full attention to it where you can just kind of pop in and just something crazy will happen mm-hmm. like the surgeon general of beverly hills scene will happen or the hang the gliding scene or, or the or surfing. surfing scene yeah it's it's more digestible as like sort of like a saturday morning cartoon experience where you just sort of have it on and Oh, that's funny. You know, it's 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 fun in that way. Whereas escape from New York, you want to pay more attention to it. Yeah.
1: And I think, too, I mean, for myself and I mean, I know you you were born in New York, but you didn't ever live there. I mean, and I've I've visited there several times. But I mean, we lived in L.A. for decades. So it's like it's just more fun to see. The city in that way, and I and I always think too. I'm like, wow, it's a lot easier to get around this way. Well, I'll say this. I'll <laughs> say
0: this about L. The this escape from L.A. sends up L.A. more than escape from New York yeah. sends up New York. Yeah. Like escape from New York has New York landmarks and things in it, but escape from L.A. is like making fun of Los Angeles specifically in many ways. You know, from the Beverly Hills thing to the surfing thing to the basketball thing sure. like the fact that he plays basketball no. is just such an LA well, thing Well, and
1: the thing that he says too when like they're chanting snake is as I think um I think it's Steve Buscemi that delivers the line where he's like they love a winner you know LA loves a winner loves a winner yeah and it's just yeah it's like they they totally are getting all the beats and it, but it's done in a loving way yeah like John Carpenter loves LA yeah Totally. you know it's like well, that's, that's where he lives exactly and yeah. it's like you know that's yeah it's 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 definitely you know making fun of of the town but you know in a, in a loving way
0: yeah all right well i'm gonna go shoot some hoops and get some plastic surgery and hang glide to the magic kingdom
1: i'm gonna hang 10 to the five freeway
0: that well, sounds Aww. good That about does it today for Tentpole Trauma. If you like what you heard, check out our social media presence on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for Tentpole Trauma. That was easy, wasn't it? If you like us, hit subscribe and leave us a sterling review on iTunes, if you dare. If you really like us, head over to Patreon.com and get involved in one of our fabulous tiers. You'll be glad you did. Want to communicate with Tentpole Trauma? Send an email to tentpoltrauma at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And who knows, one day you may even get your email read on one of our shows. Well, thanks for listening,
1: and we'll see you real soon.